Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. Jesus is in the boat with you. He's in your life, he's in your home, right where you are, watching this online. Jesus is there with you. You're not alone. And I want to encourage you to fix your eyes on Jesus. Nikki Gumbel is Vicar of Holy Trinity Brompton, fondly known as HTB, a Church of England church in central London which holds 11 Sunday services on five sites. He's the pioneer of Alpha, an introduction to the Christian faith run by all major Christian denominations in 169 countries. He's married to Pippa and together they write a commentary on the Bible in one year. Nikki joined HTB as a curate in 1986 and became vicar in 2005. He's written many books including Questions of Life and the Jesus Lifestyle. Welcome to Pursuit of God 2020, Nikki Gumbel. Well, thank you. Thank you for um, um, taking time out of what I know for a fact is a very, 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 very busy schedule to uh, be with us, uh, Pursuit of God 2020. Great uh, title, Pursuit of God. Yes, yes. We've, we've, we've been doing it year after year after year. And um, we just take 21 days in June and there's just an intense, dedicated focused pursuit of God. Brilliant. Um, um, we, we're praying, we're fasting, we're, you know, being encouraged by people like you around the theme. And, and the theme for this, this one is intimacy with God. Um, but before we go, before we go into all of that, um, everybody knows Nicky Gumbel. Um, um, everybody knows Nicky Gumbel, but I'm sure people want to know a bit more about Nicky Gumbel. Um, Shola and I are grateful for our relationship with you and Pippa. Over, oh, over. we could not be more grateful. Yeah, we're Absolutely just so love. grateful. And first, with with um, Ify and I, before Ify went on to be yes. with us, oh. and then with Shola and I, we're just so just so grateful. So, one question that that I have always wanted to ask, and I, it's amazing I've never asked it in all these years. You know, what was your journey to faith? How did you come to faith? Okay. So my father was Jewish. He was a secular Jew. Um, he was brought up in Germany. Um, and um, when the Nazis came to power, um, uh, he, was, he was a lawyer in Germany and um, he was disbarred. He was stopped from practicing as a lawyer um, because he was Jewish. Um, and most of his family died in concentration camps. But he came to the UK um, and he became a barrister in the UK. Um, and uh, in fact, he'd already qualified in 1927 as a barrister here. So he just came over here and practiced. He joined the army at the start of the war as a private and he ended up as a full colonel. Um, wow. And um, then after the war, um, he met, my mother was also a barrister and they were on opposite sides of a case and that's how they met. Um, and uh, he was 49 when he got married. 
So I was not brought up in a church-going family. My, my father was an agnostic. My mother was not a churchgoer. Um, and when I was a teenager, I was an atheist. But in my first year at Cambridge, I was at Cambridge University, and I, 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 where I eventually read law. But uh, in my first year there, uh, our, my greatest friends, Nikki and Sula Lee, still my greatest friends, um, they um, uh, told me that they had become Christians. And they kept it secret that they were investigating because they knew how hostile I was to, to religion and Christianity in particular. Were, 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 you, were you really hostile? We came across... Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was really hostile. Really? I, I was a really argumentative atheist. I wow. used to delight in arguing, um, you know, from a sort of like a semi... Uh, yeah, I wasn't very clever, but it was sort of philosoph attempt at phil philosophical attack on Christianity. Um, so... They, they kept it. Anyway, I was so worried about them. That I thought I, I needed to sort of um, put them right. But I didn't know anything. So I thought, I'll, I'll investigate. And so I decided to read the New Testament. And uh, as I started reading the New Testament, reading about Jesus, it was as if the person I was reading about in the New Testament emerged from the pages. And I encountered him. And, uh, you know, Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it in all its fullness. And that's what I experienced. And that was, it was so powerful that immediately I wanted, every, I just assumed that all the people I'd sort of, uh, who'd been on my side arguing for, for atheism, um, would, when I told them like, oh, actually I was wrong. And actually quite a few of our friends became Christians at that time, a lot of Nikki. And then about a year later, a Ken, who you know, uh, through uh, one of the Nikki's. There were five Nikki's. We were all great friends. We all became okay. Christians at the same time. And through one of the Nikki Wells, about a year later, Ken became a Christian. So it was Nikki Lee and Nikki Wells was one of the. So uh, it, was a, it was an amazing time. Wow, wow. That, 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 you know, to, to imagine that God has done all he has done with you and that you came from that, that background where you literally stood against the Christian faith. Uh, and, and when I look at what God has done with HTB, the churches you've planted, and Alpha, uh, the, this uh, wonderful evangelistic program of our time, um, how did Alpha start and how did you... You know, I mean, I know you've you've pushed it to such great heights, and I know Nikki. I know you don't like you know all, all this stuff said about you, but <laughs> you've just got to say that that Alpha okay. is amazing. It's absolutely amazing. So tell so, us a bit about how that started and how you got involved with Alpha, and, and yeah. So immediately, I wanted to tell as many people as possible about Jesus, um, and I tried everything, like. You know, I, I, I tried knocking on doors. I tried questionnaires on the street, which started, first question, what did you have for breakfast? Last question, would you like to ask Jesus into your life? <laughs> <laughs> I found it wasn't, it wasn't very, most of them, most of it just didn't really work. Um, so um, I, I practiced as a barrister for a few years, and then I was, uh, I went off to Oxford to study theology, and, and I was ordained in the Church of England. Um, and then um, after I'd been ordained for about four years, I was uh, uh, on the team here as a, like a pastor at, at HGB. Um, I was asked to take on this course, Alpha, from Nikki Lee, who'd been running it beforehand. Mm. 
And it was a course then for people who were new Christians. I wasn't interested in new Christians. I was interested in people who weren't Christians. So I didn't want to do it. Anyway, I did it for a term. And the second term that I did it in, in my small, so Alpha, you, know, you have a meal, you have a talk, you have coffee, small groups. In my small group was a group of people who were not Christians. And all of them became Christians during the weekend away on the Holy Spirit. All of them were filled with the Spirit. And pretty much all of them went on to leadership positions in the church. And suddenly I realized this course could be used for people outside the church. So at that point, we started to adopt it, adapt it to for people outside of the church. And then it really grew until we had like 300 people, 300 guests uh, um, every term coming on who were outside the church coming to explore. And at that point, other churches got interested and people were ringing me and they were saying, how do you run Alpha? So I'd have, you know, like Methodist pastors ringing me. Um, and I spent all my time on the phone explaining how to run Alpha. I said, I, I, this is taking so time to see me. I'm going to get them all in one room. I'll tell them and then I'll never have to tell anyone again. So we got, we had a, our first conference here. A thousand church leaders turned up. Wow. I told them, you know, this is how you run Alpha. I thought, that's it. I've done it. But then someone said, oh, well, would you come and do it in Scotland? Would you come and do it in Sheffield? Would you come and do it in South Africa, US, uh, uh, Australia, New Zealand? So then it went to every country in the world and every language and um, you know, millions of people started doing it. And wow. it's just spread since then. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's one of, I, I, I've said it all the time, it's, it's easily one of the, one of the most impactful evangelistic initiatives of our time. And it, it's, it's amazing. Now, when, when, you got, when, you, when you got serious with your faith, did you face, did you face any kind of persecution? Um, were you, were, was it awkward? Was it uncomfortable? Were you mocked? Were you, because I'm asking that question because I'm sure there's somebody out there who's, who's at that place where they, maybe they've just met Christ and there's a lot of pressure on them. Um, yeah, pressure to not to speak out boldly about Christ. Did you did you have any of that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, it was. I think some of the friends I'd had before were not quite as friendly once they um, <laughs> knew what, where my life was heading. Yeah. Uh, uh, but you know, I, nothing compared to what many Christians are experiencing around the world. Yeah. I mean, people laugh at you, but that's. You know that's not really that bad. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, we, we're very blessed to live in a country where you don't go to prison or get executed. Yeah, yeah. The worst that happens is they laugh at you, and, yeah. and that's so bad. Yeah. So, you, what would you say to the young girl, young young guy who's just come to faith and is you know is trying to figure out how do I express this faith in my office with my family? What would you say to them? I'd say, you know, we're, if, you're, if you're in the UK, I mean, it depends yeah. if you're listening to this. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're in, in the UK, we're very blessed that you're, you're not going to go to prison. Uh, yeah. You're not going to be executed. Um, we have a huge amount of freedom to talk about our faith. And I think that the most powerful thing that you can say is this is what happened to me. Uh, you know, that's the, the, the man who was blind, who Jesus healed, and they started attacking him in all kinds of ways. He basically said, look, I don't know the answer to all your questions, but what I can tell you is once I was blind and now I can see. Yeah, yeah. And there's no answer to that. Yeah. And you can say, you know, when, when people challenge you and uh, whatever, you can say, look, 
I, I'm sorry, I don't know the answer. Because if you're new to faith, you probably won't know the answer to all their questions. You can say, I don't know the answer. Just be honest. I don't know the answer to all your questions. But what I can, can tell you is this is what I've experienced. Yeah. And they, they can't say to you, no, you didn't experience that. Yeah. <laughs> because that's the most powerful thing. It's your story. Yeah. Okay, our theme for because Nikki, I could talk to you for for the next hour or two and just just have this kind of conversation. I enjoy them. Our theme for this uh, conference is intimacy with God. Yeah, um, what what would that mean to you um, when when you when you when you got this invitation and you saw that intimacy with God? What 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 did that mean to you? Well, it, God loves us. God is a father. That Jesus. Um, told the story of, of, of God as a loving father who loves us. And uh, when he told the story of the prodigal son, at uh, the moment the child, the, the moment any of us turns to God, the father ran and embraced him and kissed him over and over again. That's what the Greek word means. It's like in the, in the it, it's, it means over and over again, he kissed him. And that is how, that's God's love for us. It's a very intimate, embracing love. And uh, so the moment we come into a relationship with God, it's, a, it's, a, it's an intimate relationship. And it grows by communication, like all relationships. And so it's, it's about talking to God, listening to God, talking to him. And that, that's how we grow in, in intimacy with him. And the Holy Spirit gives us a deep, experience of intimacy with God. You know, uh, we were talking about Alpha. People say to me, I was asked this last night on, on a, why does Alpha work? The answer is the Holy Spirit. Because what does the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit, the love of God, God's love for us, the experience of God's love is poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And the Holy Spirit gives us an experience of intimacy with God. So Paul writes in, in Romans 8 that the spirit within us cries, Abba, Father, the most intimate word uh, in Aramaic, like Daddy, Papa. The Holy Spirit gives us that experience. The Spirit witnesses that we're children of God. And, uh, and forgive me for saying this, but, but what we found, like Alpha's just gone online. I didn't think Alpha would work online. Alpha works even better online than in person. We've had more... Like we normally get 500 people turning up this term. We've had 1,600 guests on our course this term. And most of them would not be there but for COVID-19. We've never had such a, a, a low dropout rate. In fact, only, uh, in our small group, which has got 16 people, including the team, only one person's dropped out. All of them are doing the weekend. We had the weekend in two and a half hours last, uh, last um, Saturday from 10 till 12.30. And as you know, the weekend's all about the work of the Holy Spirit. So we, we, we did like the first talk, and then we had the small group, then we did the next talk, how can I be filled with the Holy Spirit? And then we did ministry, we simply prayed, come Holy Spirit. And each of these people, one was already a Christian, one Muslim uh, had a very profound experience, but I don't think she became a Christian. 
all the others became Christians wow. and the Holy Spirit came, fell on them in the most powerful way, more powerful than in person on Zoom. You know, Jesus healed at a distance and uh, the Holy Spirit is not, not confused by Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> the Spirit came in the most powerful way. What did they experience? This is the answer to your question. They experienced intimacy with God. That's what, when they, when they gave, express what they were experiencing, they were experiencing intimacy with God. They said, you know, I feel, I feel this peace. I feel the burdens lifted from my shoulder. I feel a new person. They experienced the love of God being poured into their hearts by the Holy Spirit. And this is, this is what we're created for. We are created for, for an intimate relationship with God. That's why we're made. And as St. Augustine said, as you know, our hearts find no rest until they find that relationship because that's the, our purpose in life is to have an intimate relationship with the Father. And uh, Jesus has made it possible through the cross and the Holy Spirit gives us that experience in our hearts. Wow. Now, now if you, if you if went for someone who's starting this journey or somewhere along, along this trajectory of this relationship to building intimacy, um, if the person was sitting in front of you and said, would you just give me couple of things, maybe, maybe more than a couple, four or five things that I need to do to, to move along that trajectory towards a deeper and more intimate relationship with God. What would you be saying to the person? Well, I'd say, so communication is the way you build a relationship of intimacy. Communication is the way you build a relationship in, in marriage. Uh, communication is the way you build intimacy with your children. Uh, 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 communication is the way you build intimacy with God. So what is communication? It, it's, it's being with a person and listening to them and talking to them. Mm. And uh, in terms of God, to our relationship with God, uh, the first thing is being there, the presence. It's like giving time. Uh, so I would say, uh, give the first part of your day to that relationship. That's the, the place to start your day. You know, uh, right now in COVID-19, we can either start with, with hearing the news or social media, in which case we'll be like, start the day with fear and anxiety and, and distraction. Or we start with, you know, here, here. So I, I do this, like, this is the Bible in one year. So like, like I read, I read through the whole Bible each year and I found that's an amazing way to start the day so when I come down in the morning my I, I, the, my phone is downstairs and every day I'm tempted to look at this first and most days I'm just confessing to you hopefully nobody else is watching this thank you most days I fail and while, while I'm making my cup of coffee I've, I've looked to see oh there are five emails and oh dear there's this on, on Instagram and da -de -da -de -da. but I try not to do that if, if, I, if I don't look at it at all that's a real victory that victory doesn't occur very often but very quickly I want to read this because this is I want to hear what God is saying to me and that's how I try and start the day Lord what are you saying to me and this is like there's a psalm, which is like a prayer. So the psalms, you, when, you, when you read the psalms, you're actually praying already. You're praying with the words that are given, that are beautiful words of prayer. Um, and a lot of them are lament, actually. About a third of them are lament. And actually, for the, a time like this, we are lamenting. It's about like, oh, God, what are you up to? How long, oh, Lord? Um, 
Uh, when will this pandemic end? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's all that. And then there's the New Testament, which is, you know, the whole Bible is about Jesus. Even the Old Testament's all about Jesus. So it's, and so every day I'm praying, Lord, speak to me through this, this book. And every day I find God speaks to me in some way. I, I hear God's voice this morning. You were asking me about being hostile before. This morning I was reading about Paul. It was reminded, like the great Apostle Paul, who wrote much of the New Testament, he was there giving approval when Stephen was martyred. Yes. And then he went from house to house persecuting the church yeah. and putting people in prison. And so, I mean, like, I was hostile, but I wasn't as bad as Paul. I never killed anyone. I never put people in prison. But, how, but you know, what, I, what I saw, how we can change. It's possible to change. People say today, you can't change. Yes, you can change. All those people in, in our Alpha group are changed. One of the people said today, she sent a message saying she could not believe, looking around on Zoom, how much everyone's faces has changed. God has the power to change our lives. So that was what I what really struck me this morning. You know, Lord, you have the power to change our lives. Um, and um, so hearing God. And then I find... Um, uh, and I'm not nearly as good as, as you guys are at praying. No, I'm not, honestly. I'm not, I'm not being modest. I just, I'm not as good. I get really distracted. But what I do, um, uh, 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 I, 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 honestly, if I sit in a chair and start to pray, I am asleep in about 30 seconds. So what I do is I have learned that the best way for me to pray is to talk as I walk. Yeah. So I go for a walk around our local park which is Hyde Park yeah. and I go it's fairly early in the morning and so there are very few people but even so there are lots of distractions and I get very distracted and you know if I and it's a like a, the, the the total so I, I like to have it like an hour reading this and asking God to speak to me and then I like to have the best part of an hour it's basically a 45 minute walk but it usually takes me almost an hour um, and if I'm praying for, for two minutes of that, that's that success sometimes. Uh, but I try and pray. And, and basically, I, I try and just talk to God as I, as I walk around the park. And, I'm, and I, I, usually, I, 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 there's so much to thank God for. You know, Lord, I'm so thankful. If my health, you know, I'm so thankful. I, 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 the only thing I do every day is I thank God for Pips, my wife, because I, I am so thankful for her. But there's so many blessings to thank God for, and I try and do that. I, I try and say sorry for the stuff. You know, if I've messed up, I, Lord, I'm so sorry. I've done it again, messed up. Um, uh, and then what I find is about halfway round, quite often, thoughts come into my mind, yeah. ideas. And I just assume that if it's when I'm praying, that that is the Lord um, speaking to me. And sometimes it is, and sometimes it may not be. But but I find that that is a way. That's very often I come back and I've got two or three ideas. Yeah. <laughs> and the team always say to here, say, don't pray so much because <laughs> because um, um, I usually come back with some ideas and they oh no, 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 another one. <laughs> no, I get that as well, so I understand <laughs> it. So that so that. That's what I do, and um, I found everyone's got to find their own pattern. But for me, it's so important to start the day 
with that relationship. And then, of course, you try and keep, keep in that relationship. But there's so much going on during the day and stuff. But, but it's, yeah, it's, it's. And I also try, try a little bit uh, to, to pray with, with Pippa at some point during the day. Um, recently, we've been doing, I've been two, doing two circuits of, of, of Hyde Park in the morning, one, one by myself and then, then going for a walk with, with Pippa and, and trying to, um, for us to pray together. But again, we, we start praying and then we start talking to each other and then we, oh, we're supposed to be praying and we've been talking for, for half an hour and oh, we must pray again. But um, anyway, we try and do that. Yeah, now talking about uh, uh, Pippa, she's, she's a very, very special woman. Shalan, I love her. We love her. Uh, we l- just love her. She's just a one beautiful spirit that she has. And um, having known you all these years, it, it's obvious you, you've got a great marriage. And we're grateful to God for that. We thank God for that, uh, that you've got a great marriage. Um, so here you are, uh, you, you, you're pastoring what by God's grace is a successful church, very successful church. And I, and I know, you know, we don't take any of the credit for it. I know you don't. And I, I, I don't as well. We just thank God that he chose to use people like you and myself for anything at all, but it's great church. And you've got a wonderful marriage. Um, you've got wonderful children. Um, and you're a grandfather. I think you have seven grandchildren, eight, eight, eight grandchildren. And the ninth one due in September, God willing. God willing. So now, what's the secret to all that? Somebody's sitting out there and thinking, okay, you know, what's the secret? You know, how, what, what, what's what, great, good marriage. Um, thankfully, you know, you've, you've done well as a father. Um, I'm sure you're spoiling all the grandchildren. So that's all, you, that's all you're allowed to do as a grand, grandfather, spoil them and let the parents sort them out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what's the secret to all that? Oh, um, I, uh, the, honestly, the secret is I got lucky. Uh, you know, I just got lucky. <laughs> I, I think Pips would have made any man happy. I, I'm not sure I would have made any woman happy. But <laughs> <laughs> honestly, I, I just got lucky. I'm just so blessed. I can't claim any credit for it at all. I just think I'm so, we are so I'm so blessed to marry her, um, and she's amazing. I, you know, I think, um, I think, uh, apart from Jesus, she's the only person born without original sin. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just can't believe I got so lucky, um, and we've been very blessed with our children and our grandchildren. You know, uh, Rick Warren says that um, grandchildren are a reward for not killing your children. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> grandchildren are the most amazing blessing and we're so blessed with uh, with um eight of them um and we hope i mean you know covid19 means we can't see them which is really hard um uh, but um uh we absolutely adore our we've been so blessed with our children and our grandchildren um and it's amazing to see um you know children growing up to know and love jesus and to serve him and again, that's a blessing. I don't think we can claim any credit uh, for that. I don't think I was a particularly good father, actually, when I look back, but because um, I was far too busy with all sorts of things. I wish I'd given more time. And we did try and prioritize the children, but um, you know, I, I, somebody told me very, just, I think it was bef- just before we got married or just after we got married, uh, they gave us five cards with um, God, husband stroke wife, 
children, ministry, and job. And they said, put those five in order. And I put down God first, which was like, you know, that was no prizes for that. It was a sort of Christian weekend. Uh, but second, I put down ministry. Third, I put down uh, husband stroke wife. Um, then I put work. And then I put children last. They didn't have to <laughs> Do the children know you did that? <laughs> did they find out? <laughs> I, I didn't even think we'd have children. You know, I was like, it was, I wasn't thinking about it at all. Anyway, they, they taught us, obviously, that, that, that God is first. Your marriage partner is your number one ministry. Yeah. That your children come next. And then your work, your job, and then your ministry. And so at least we tried to have those priorities. And I tried to put, you know, so many people put their children above their husband or wife. And that is such a mistake because the, your children's security come from your love for one another. And uh, the best thing that you can do for your children is to love your marriage partner. So uh, that, uh, that, and then your children come above your job. And that again, you know, I, I failed in that often, but at least I, I knew that they were supposed to have higher priority and that to put times into the every day when we would spend time with our children and try and prioritize them. Um, and, uh, but I did, you know, I think Pips again was an absolutely amazing mother and she compensated for my weaknesses in that area. But, but um, uh, we've been very blessed because I think um, people who've been much better parents have probably got children who are not necessarily following the Lord, mm. but um, we just blessed that they are, they're amazing ch children to us. And I, I, it's all God's grace. Wow. Okay. T um, I know, I know you have, um, Nikki and Sila Lee who, you know, we're, we're privileged to know as well. Uh, the experts, the marriage experts. Yes. I mean, literally anybody who's watching this, wherever you're watching this in the world, um, you want to get the marriage book and you want to try and go on the marriage course because they are the experts. We have a, we have a couple in our church that are walking in their, in their shadows and learning from them called Buddy and Kemi who run Tight Knots, our marriage ministry, but they look up to Nikki and Sila Lee. So they are the experts. So, but if, if I said to you, a couple is in front of you and they just want, there are many things you've said, they just want you to say one thing to them um, and off they go to, on this marriage journey, what would you be saying to them? What's that one thing you'd be saying to them? Do you know, I Pippa and I have just done Nikki and Silla's marriage course. We've never done it before. We've never done the whole thing before. We've watched their marriage and learned from them, but they just refilmed it. And we have and we couldn't do it because it was like Monday night um, from, you know, and, and we, we couldn't do seven Monday nights in a row. But because it's now an online resource, we've got six and a half, 6,200 couples in our church or doing the one in our church. Um, and Pippa and I did it. And honestly, our marriage has been so enriched through it. Um, we've had the most amazing conversations. So I think, you know, you, you, I, I, you run a course, I would say to, to the couple, do the course, at, you know, at, at, at Jesus House, at the Redeemed Church of God, because these courses really, really enrich your marriage. And no marriage, I mean, I, I'm so blessed that we've, that we've got the marriage that we have, but I could not believe how much our marriage has been blessed and enriched 
through the last seven weeks when we've done this course together. Wow. Because okay. we've had conversations that, that probably we needed to have. Um, and, and life is so busy. And sometimes the, the things that are really deep that are going on, yeah. you, don't, you don't really talk about. Um, but this has forced us to talk about things that are some difficult things sometimes to, to talk about. Um, and we really have talked in a way that I think we haven't for quite a long time. So, you know, I would say do whatever that course is that you do it uh, at. Um, it's so worth doing and it's so worth investing in your marriage uh, because it, 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 the, Chinese, the Chinese government, the Lee's course runs uh, right across China. And the reason the Chinese government have supported it is because they say a strong society is built on strong families and wow. strong families are built on strong marriages. So the basis of any society is a strong marriage. So the more you invest in, the, in your marriage and don't, don't, don't assume just because you've had a good marriage, you don't need to invest in it. You, you need to keep investing. It's like your relationship with God. You've got to keep investing in your relationship with God with intimate communication. Marriage is the same. You've got to keep investing in it with intimate communication. Well, I think Shola and I need to go and do that. <laughs> we need to go. We need to do the one in JH and then go go on uh, Nikki and Sila's uh, thing. You should try. Actually, honestly, do yeah. you know we've had seven amazing evenings, um, yeah. and it's. And just such great conversations and so much laughter too. Yeah. It's so funny that the, the, what they put together is hilarious, yeah. but so insightful. You think, oh my goodness. And all these exercises. Oh, I didn't know I was, I was a hedgehog or whatever. You know, <laughs> uh, like, uh, it's just, anyway, we've, we've loved it. And, and, and I guess this, in this, these times, I mean, because we're, we're, we're locked down at home, so we, we should just take advantage of all these things. Yeah. But I mean, online, it's online. Yeah. This, do you know, I've been proved wrong about so many things in my life and ministry. But one of the things that I've recently been proved wrong about is online. Mm. Uh, you know, I always, I was not interested in Alpha Online. Yeah. I just thought, who wants to go on? A, you, you want to meet in person. You don't want to just meet a group of people online. But it really works. And what it does is it releases people from the need to go to a venue. You don't have to travel. You don't have to get in a car. Uh, I'm not saying we will get, of course we will go back to meeting in person when we can, but we'll never give up meeting online because there's so many people who wouldn't come except online. Like the two Muslims in our group probably wouldn't have been able to come walk into a church. Yeah. They can come because it's online. Yeah. And um, so uh, the, my friends from the gym, they would never have come to church, but I ran past one of them. He said, I've been watching your services online. I know that a lot of my friends from the gym uh, are watching our services online. Right. Trisha Neal, who's president of Alpha, she, she encountered Jesus in 1993 on Alpha, and she's been inviting her friends ever since, uh, tennis friends. None of them, when we, our services went online, they started watching them. And now they've come on Alpha. She has nine of her tennis friends wow. on her course. In fact, 10 people altogether, because one of the tennis friends has invited another friend. So she's got 10 guests wow. in the small group. They would never have come if it wasn't online. We, 
the Lees would have had 80 to 100 couples doing the marriage course this term. They've got 6,200 couples doing it because it's online. And, and therefore, and to their huge advantages, it kind of releases things to reach far more people. So, you know, COVID-19 is a horrible disease. Uh, and, um, but, but God took the most horrible thing in human history, the cross, the tragedy of the cross, and he used it for the salvation of the world. And God can, so God can take something as horrible as COVID-19 and use it for good. And one of the ways I believe he's using it for good is he's getting, he's getting people's attention. After 9-11, Tim Keller said his church congregation in New York doubled, but it was just localized to New York. COVID-19 is global all over the world. God has got people's attention. And we, and I'm sure you're experiencing the same thing. Far more people are coming to, to services online than ever came in person. Um, and there's so much more interest in faith right now. This book I've been reading, um, the, the, the Rise of Christianity by, by this guy, Rodney Stark, who is, um, so he's, he is a professor of sociology and comparative religion at the University of Washington. So it's not like from a Christian point of view, how the obscure marginal Jesus movement became the dominant religious force in the Western world in a few centuries. And the chapter that I'm fascinated by is the one on pandemics. It was during the pandemics of 165 AD and 260 AD, that the church really exploded because during the pandemics, the pagans ran away, but the Christians ran towards it. And therefore they, they came out of it so much stronger. Uh, they, they came, by the end of the pandemics, the first one lasted eight years. By the end of the pandemic, the church was a far higher percentage of the population than they'd been before. Um, and I think this, this pandemic is, is a massive, it's a terrible, terrible thing, but God can use it for good. And so we're saying, this is not a moment to retreat. This is a moment for the kingdom of God to advance and for, for the church to run, not to run away, but to run towards and to feed the people who need, need feeding and to bring the good news to people who are desperate for peace and hope at this time. Wonderful. Now, before, before we start winding down, would you tell, tell us a bit about the Bible in one year? Okay, so the Bible in one year. Uh, so back in... Uh, this is the original one I was given. Sandy Miller, who you knew, you know well, gave me this on the uh, for Christmas in 1991. So I started doing it on the 1st of January, 1992. And I started reading the whole way through the Bible. There's a bit of a Psalm, a bit of the New Testament, a bit of the Old Testament. And I started doing it every day. Um, and then 12 years ago, someone in our congregation who had just encountered Jesus said, could you help me to understand the Bible? So I said, okay, I will send you my comments uh, on the passages each day. And, um, and Pippa added hers, Pippa adds at the end. So, um, and then we thought, wouldn't it be great if the whole congregation were reading the same passages every day? Yeah. So we sent out an email uh, every day to the congregation uh, with our thoughts. And then it started to get traction. Um, and um, I did it for two and a half hours every day for five years. And it's like every, when I say every day, it's Christmas day, bank holidays, Sunday, uh, every day. I did it for two and a half hours. After five years, I thought I've just got to stop 
spending two and a half hours doing. So I try and limit myself to an hour every day. So um, I, uh, so we've done it for every day. And then it went into an app and then it went, you know, you version picked it up and then translations have gone out. I think nearly a million people are doing it in China right now. So it's kind of like it's spread around the world. Uh, but basically it's, it's like encouraging Christians to study the Bible and just giving them a little bit of help with some of the difficult passages and a little bit of help with application to their own lives. Um, and um, so that's what's happened. Mm. Nikki, you're as, you're as passionate uh, for revival. Uh, you're, you're probably more passionate for it than I am, but we're we all passionate about revival. No, we're, we're equally passionate for revival. <laughs> we we all are very, very passionate about yeah. revival. So, uh, I get asked this question a lot. What will revival look like? What, what, what do you think this revival will look like? Well, I think our, all of our prayers, that the name of Jesus will be honored again in this nation and around the world. So that's what we're praying. That the name of Jesus will be honored. Uh, that God's kingdom will come. His will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I think... Um, you know, what we, we are praying for is the re-evangelization of this nation, the revitalization of the church and the transformation of society. And I think that's what revival will be. It'll be the, the nation being re-evangelized, the church revitalized, and society transformed. Wow. Well, thank you. Thank you. It's been... Uh... I've, 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 I've sat here and just listened to you. I've told you that before. I, I think you, you're, you're very... Um, you're very convincing. There's just a, an authenticity about you and a simplicity about you that, that carries your words into the hearts of those who hear you. Um, and I've sat here, I'm, I'm supposed to be doing this interview for others, but I've sat here and just been blessed by, by it. Um, so I want to say thank you to you. And want to, no, I want to thank you so much. Honestly, we are so grateful for your friendship. The French, it's 27 years now. Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, we are so thankful. We feel one with you in an, an amazing way. And we, we're just, so, you're always so encouraging and so inspiring. You've inspired a whole generation of leaders to pray. And uh, we always, we just have, uh, you're a giant. You're a giant in every way. You know, we, we are so inspired and we look up to you. We look up to you literally physically. But <laughs> you're, you're one of our great heroes of the faith. And, and we thank God for you and for what you've done with Jesus House, the Redeemed Church of God. It's just, it's so inspiring. And we love you so much. Thanks, Nikki. And, and thank you to Pippa for everything, um, for for just being so gracious, uh, for always making Shola feel feel at home. Uh, we love Shola. We're so grateful for you both. Thank Honestly. you very, very much. Now, just one last word to Jesus House, and then I'll ask you to pray for us, and then um, then we can go and pursue some of those things that we spoke about. Yes. <laughs> beginning. Yeah. 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 Looking forward to that. Looking forward to that. With the, the things we spoke about. Very exciting. Yeah. So would you just, one last word to us at Jesus House, whatever, whatever God has laid on your heart for us. Uh, I mean, honestly, we love Jesus House so much. Uh, when we visited your church, we come away like so inspired by what's happening there. We love your worship. 
We love that the the warmth, always the enthusiasm, and the graciousness, um, the dignity, everything about it. And um, uh, one time, uh, you you invited us to your gathering at the Excel Center with like there were forty five thousand people praying, and we just completely overwhelmed and your your prayers you your prayers really make a difference i believe that that you are leading the way in this country in terms of prayer and uh that gathering at the excel center is the most extraordinary gathering and if the press had any sense they would report it every time but they don't like good news so they don't report it but it it's it's it is a phenomenal thing that people come at eight o'clock and pray till five in the morning it's is an extraordinary and that's how revival will happen through prayer revival always starts as you know with prayer and the fact that you're gathering in that way is a sign when god is about to do something he gets his people praying and uh, that's what he's done. You've, you've led the way, inspiring us to pray. And everything about Jesus' house and the redeemed church of God, we find inspirational. So my, my, if I, I would just say thank you, thank you, thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your encouragement. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Thank you for just the example you are to all of us. Um, and we love you. Thank you, Nikki. Now, would you just say a prayer for us as we, as we end? Lord, thank you for Agu and Sola. Thank you for Pastor Agu and Pastor Sola. Thank you for Jesus' house. Thank you for the redeemed church of God. We're so grateful to you, Lord, for raising them up for such a time as this. Thank you for their prayers that we believe are making such a difference and that what we're seeing right now is an answer not maybe the way we had hoped that you would answer these prayers but it is an answer people are piling into the churches virtual church they're they're coming to hear the gospel and we're seeing a, a renewed interest in faith right across particularly in the age group 18 to 35 and lord we want to pray that you would continue to inspire this movement and it would grow and the churches across the uk would grow and flourish that your blessing would be on the redeemed church of god in this nation in a way that is unprecedented and with the think of agu's words that uh, this unprecedented situation requires unprecedented prayers and we pray for an unprecedented result in an unprecedented revival spreading across this nation. And Lord, thank you for the unity that we have, because you have said that where, where there is unity, the Lord commands his blessing. And as Jesus prayed for unity so that the world will believe, and we pray for a unity amongst the churches in this country so that the nation will believe. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, thank uh, you. Uh, what, what, wonderful, wonderful, Nikki. Thank you.